Hi, I'm Sophie. And I'm Eleanor. And this is the Banner Edit. We're reading, watching, and discussing every adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Today we're doing something that I have wanted to do for a very long time. We're doing something that I have argued against for the past year and a half. But whose idea was it today, Eleanor? Um, <laughs> do you want to admit that publicly? No. Whose idea was this? This wasn't my idea. You today, suggested it. Mm, did I? Today we uh, watched the last two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. which is my favorite TV show of all time, um, and I have seen it. A million times. It was my first ever time. It was Eleanor's first ever time. Um, I'm emotionally distraught, so (laughs) any actions made after that point are not my own. You're not responsible for them. No, exactly. Me and a friend of the podcast, Lauren, who was on our second ever episode, had a Buffy-themed birthday party a couple of weeks ago, and it was the planning of that that made me force Eleanor to watch Buffy. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to come if I didn't watch it. Exactly. Which is ridiculous, considering... Many other guests I know had not seen Buffy. Yeah, but you were dressing as Buffy. And also, you're my best friend, so you had to watch it. So, I don't know what your problem is. Anyway. Okay, you just call me your best friend. That's really embarrassing. Um, shut the fuck up. We're doing a podcast together. Can you just, like, let me have this for once? Anyway, we finished watching Buffy, and both of us obviously were distraught. Um, and so, what else is there possibly to do but to turn to, like, the greatest piece of vampire fiction after Buffy, which is Twilight. There was some, like... No, no. there wasn't. No, there really there was wasn't. There was no, like, real reason for this, except for... We were watching One Tree Hill, and somehow that turned into watching Twilight. Yeah, I don't know. So I guess, like, we're doing this. I mean... Oof. I have many regrets. <laughs> I am keen. We both have seen and read Twilight and its sequels many times. I would I, I would argue against the many times qualifier. Okay, um, I have seen and read them many times. <laughs> Eleanor was once a fan, as you all know, because that she read Pride and Prejudice because of Twilight. Yeah, embarrassing. Um, for anyone who isn't aware... Twilight, the first of the series, is supposed to be based on Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Also embarrassing. When I was a teenager, I remember that they released, I think we've talked about this before, they released um, all of the books that had inspired Twilight books, so Pride and Prejudice and Wuthering Heights, and there was another one, but I can't remember what. They released them with, like, Twilight special covers. Yeah. Um, I did buy one. The other day, I bought the Pride and Prejudice one. Oh my gosh. Online from America. So, you know. Why do you like this? Because I love it. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Twilight. We've just watched approximately three quarters of the film, at which point I had suffered enough and I was like, let's just do this shit. We which know is this. really surprising to me because... Well, we haven't watched this film together before, but we've watched New Moon together before, and that was, you know, Sophie wouldn't have stopped that to no, I do mean, anything. I love New Moon, but I watched Twilight not that long ago with your girlfriend, so I feel like my my cringe factor is maxed out. I haven't seen this film in years. 
What was your, I mean, what was your impression of it this time around? Um, it's even worse than I remember. Did you get Austin vibes from it? No, I was really trying to get Austin vibes from it. Like, I just don't, no, I just don't understand how or why there's supposed to be, you know, Pride and Prejudice inspiration here. I think, so, they don't like each other to begin with, but that ends within, like, five seconds like a really short time period and i guess it's like forbidden love in the sense that he's 108 years old and dead and really wants to like eat her but he doesn't have any like issue with that in terms of his like status yeah i guess the only the only thing that i found comparable was when jess anna kendrick's character was like oh no one no one in this school is good enough for him not that i care that's true and that to me was like when um when Darcy gets to, you know, I've forgotten every name of every place in Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. When, Dar- when Darcy first gets to the town and yeah. is a snob to everyone. I guess also, like, they're a rich family who are seen yeah. as, like, quite distant from everyone else in the town. And, like, although Bella is the one to be, like, new in the area. Yeah. They are, like, the rich kind of outsider family, the Cullens. And... They're also relatively new. Well, not yeah. like for a small town like this. Yeah. They haven't been there very long. I guess Bella has the relationship with her dad where he's like sarcastic. Her mom is a flake. Like, I think, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, yeah. like I'm reaching, but. Where are all her sisters was my question. Um, She doesn't have them because she's not like other girls. Um, oh, yeah, and she, that's true. she doesn't have Being friends that are girls. Only child. <laughs> yeah. Uh,. Yeah, I mean, so who else in the story is who? Like, who is Jacob? That's that's what I was trying to figure out. Is Jacob out. Wickham? No, I don't think so, because he doesn't come on to her in this one. No. He's just her friend. Okay, is Jacob Charlotte? Oh my god, Jacob Charlotte? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so maybe Mike, the, like, white blonde boy, is Wickham. I feel like he's Wickham. But okay. you did also say earlier maybe he's Collins. I think that Collins is the weird kid who runs the newspaper who wants to do a feature on her. Yes. So I guess, like, you know, you can lay the pattern, the general structure of Pride and Prejudice <laughs> over this story, but I don't view Lizzie Bennet as, like, a weird damsel in distress. Yeah. In the way that Bella, unfortunately, is. This is... This is my issue with it being called a Pride and Prejudice adaptation in even its loosest terms is that Bella Swan is one of those characters who like wishes she was Lizzie Bennet, but is in no way like Lizzie Bennet. Yeah, I mean, she is kind of like sarcastic and abrupt, but in a weird way where she's like... Makes everyone uncomfortable. Yeah, she's, like, really quiet. So she's kind of, like, self-conscious as she's being... As she's trying yeah. to be, like, aloof. So it doesn't really work, I feel. Yeah. Also, I just... I just hate her as a character. So the film opens on... No! The de- <laughs> okay, can I just say, Sophie has seen this film as she said before we started like somewhere in the double digits yeah and the second we turned the film on sophie decided to take notes on the film excuse me i want to be diligent about this i don't want to miss important factors the film opens famously 
on the weird scene with a deer. Yes. Where um, we're just watching this like innocent deer wander about, um, which obviously is supposed to represent Bella, and then it gets like grabbed by <laughs> a vampire. And the opening line is, uh, I'd never given much thought to how I would die. And weirdly, and I know Eleanor is going to like be so outraged as I say this, but weirdly it made me think of Hamilton. <laughs> Because of the, like, so early on in the play, he's talking about, like, his death and, like, how he, That's like, imagines it. That's literally the opposite, I know. She's but saying it ma- she had never thought about it. I know. He's always she, thinking about it. She's saying, I never thought of it, but then she's, like, now thinking about what her death would be like, and death is, like, becoming a part of her life. And I just, it made me think of Hamilton, and I was like, it just, it just, it just reminded me of it. And I feel like maybe Lin-Manuel Miranda was inspired. <laughs> I don't even have any words right now. That's the most embarrassing thing anyone's ever said. So that's the critical analysis that I would like to apply to this film. Um, Uh, I want to die. Yeah. So that um, that's my whole take. Thanks everyone for listening. (laughs) Uh, What else did I say about this film? When I so I made a note. I think I wanted to dress like her when I was younger because we were both baby gays. I feel like she looks like a really awkward baby gay. She's wearing, like, plaid, but in, like, a weirdly femme way. The worst thing that she wears is on her first day to school. And yeah. that's not... That's... I don't even know what She's wearing, what like, a is. bowling shirt. But, like, over a long-sleeved shirt? I feel like that was a thing, though, in the, like, mid-early 2000s, was wearing, like, long-sleeved shirts under T-shirts and undershirts and stuff, because, like, layering was cool. But it, it? it looks really bad it in looks this film. Hideous. It's a bowling shirt. Like, bowling I, shirts should not be worn by anyone. I just can't imagine Bella Swan, who is, like, too cool to care about anything, let alone fashion, walking into any store and buying a bowling shirt. Because she does not care enough to buy something that's that much of a fashion risk. I feel like, yeah. And I feel like it's very, like, it's, like, t- too too edgy. Yeah. Like, they've gone from, like, not caring what she wears to being, like, She's going to wear these absurd things because she doesn't care. Yeah. And, like, Bella Swan wouldn't care that much about not caring. Yeah. In the scene where they go to La Push and she's wearing, like, a beanie and leggings and whatever. And she's just wearing, like, normal clothes. I'm like, that makes sense. But whenever she's wearing things that are, like, slightly out there, I'm like, she doesn't care. She does not care enough. Maybe she took the bowling shirt from Charlie or something. It's too small to be Charlie. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I imagine Lizzie Bennet showing up at one of the balls wearing like an extravagant like bowling shirt dress. It's bowling just shirt. not. <laughs> it's just not her. It's not her. She because she does not care enough for it to make that much of a statement. But I do think that Bella often does look like a poorly dressed, confused baby gay, and I was like, that's yeah. relatable. Maybe that was just Kristen Stewart being like. This is what I'm wearing. Yeah, just influencing (laughs) the vibe. Because I do feel like sometimes in this film you get strong gay vibes off Bella because she seemly like she seems to like kind of not be into Edward but like thinks she should be. I know that's not what the story's meant to be, but I think that's how she's playing it. But she's very clearly not into any women either. Like she hates being friends with girls. Maybe she's sapiosexual. I can't believe you just uttered those cursed words on our podcast. I... 
This is a cursed episode. I'm really sorry, guys. I regret everything I've said, but I think that it all needed to be said. So I'm prepared to sacrifice myself. You can tell why I've tried to not do this episode for a year and a half, but it was always inevitable. There's so much that could be said about this. And yet. Um, The next thing. I want to say none of it. The soundtrack is good. Agree with me there. Paramore is on it. Iron and Wine is on it. Robert Pattinson sings like an original yeah. song where he's like warbling. <laughs> um, I would listen to this soundtrack all day, every day. And I feel like Lizzie would too, because it's like weirdly a little bit emo. I, I like don't think I've it. ever paid attention to the soundtrack because the very first time I saw this film was when I fell out of love with Twilight. Because but, it was such garbage that I was like, I no longer love this franchise. Bye. Did you not like Paramore though? I loved Paramore. Decode was in this film. It was yeah, like written I may have for this film. Enjoyed that while watching it, but the film itself was so terrible. Okay. I feel like we're at an impasse here, where I need you to accept that this is like a work of art and a cultural phenomenon, and you're really pushing back on me about it. It was based on Pride and Prejudice, and therefore we have to give it a chance. Um, we have to. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I do actually almost feel like, though, the fact that it was based on Pride and Prejudice is more like maybe it was based on Stephanie Meyer's like vague idea of what Pride and Prejudice is yeah. about. I feel like she had not read the book. Or if she did, maybe it was like many years before. I feel like she saw the 2005 movie. <laughs> That's entirely possible, except that when did the first Twilight book come out? I don't know. I feel like it was maybe pre-2005, or not long after 2005. Let's Google it. She did also actually claim that the book was partly based on a dream. Have you heard this story? Yes, I have. And <laughs> um, I specifically remember. So I, I have to explain this. Whenever I like really love something, I just obsess about it, and I read every single interview and watch everything and just... I have to find out absolutely everything there is to know about it because I have to be, like, the biggest fan of something. Which is, you know, not always possible. I I just googled Pride and Prejudice instead of Twilight. It's not always possible, (laughs) especially because I always try and fight you for, like, who is the bigger fan. Um, But, so, I distinctly remember reading that because I also read an article with her that was about when... She wrote the second book, and the second book was actually what Breaking Dawn ended up being. Right. Oh. And she was talking about how, like, she, like, was writing that book, and then her publishers were like, well, we we need, like, the next little bit, like, that comes right after Twilight. And in this interview, she describes, like, sitting down with Bella and Edward and asking what happened oh in God. between Twilight and them having a I baby. I think I read that <laughs> And that, I think that was also a point where I was like... What is happening? <laughs> the original, the dream though that she had that she based Twilight on was that there were two people, in the a boy and a girl, yeah, lying in a meadow and the boy was sparkling. And from that, I don't understand how she then leapt to like, I think these people should be based on Darcy and Lizzie. Because in what world would those two be lying in a meadow together? I, I really don't know. I don't know either. Are you still looking for 
yeah, when because, the book came out. <laughs> because Google told me a weird thing that it came out in 2005. Suspicious. Deeply yeah, suspicious. Very suspicious. I think she had the dream, mm-hmm. started writing Twilight, watched the 2005 movie, and was like, this is this. This is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure how she made that leap. No, I'm not either. But it does, it's weird that she had like this dream interview with characters in her head. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I guess everyone has their own writing process and you create the, often like you create the characters before you like figure out the story. So I guess that's what worked for her. But she does, like, she has always in interviews described herself as a storyteller, not an author. Because she's telling their story. I do feel like she sometimes fell back on this idea that they were like dreams or they were things that had come out of like um, fictional characters in her mind so that she could almost like blame the story on something that was not in her control. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, she's like, it was a dream. So then you can't be like, fuck you for coming up with this stupid idea. And she's like, it, what, it was an it accident. Was a dream. They told me it happened. They told me they had to do it. Um, which is kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> but you know. I mean, I don't... How do I want to say this? I'm not someone who, like, enjoys ripping into Twilight. Like, I genuinely did love it as a teenager. I loved it for, like, quite a few years. And obviously then I had the uh, bounce back that everyone had of, like, I'm incredibly embarrassed by how much I love the Twilight series. Yeah, so hated on it. Because, yeah, because it was, like, the most memed thing up until that point. And then there was Justin Bieber. But it was, like, the most, like, embarrassing thing if you were a teenage girl to love Twilight because yeah. it was seen as so cliche and sappy and romantic and whatever. Um, when really people should have just been worried that we were, like, also into such a, like, terrible depiction of a relationship. Yeah. Um, I feel like once Fifty Shades of Grey came out, yeah, everyone sort of started going, like, hey, look, this terrible relationship mimics this terrible relationship that all these teenage girls were really into. Yeah. And, like, let's talk about that. And I feel like that's when discussion about Twilight, like, actually started happening instead of people just ripping on it for, like, being shit, which they will do about anything that teenage girls love. Yeah. And that that was, like, the crux of the hate for Twilight, that loads of teenage girls obsessed over it and, like, screamed about it on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And we've said this before about Pride and Prejudice as well, is that people will be like, oh, it's such a cliche to like Pride and Prejudice and like rip on young girls for liking it. So I, in that sense, like I don't enjoy ripping on Twilight just because I think like, oh, it's a romance or whatever, so it's crap. But I think there are genuine things to criticize about it. Like it is very corny. The film in particular is very corny. The film is almost too much. Yes. And also... Yeah, the relationship is, like, not a healthy one. I really enjoyed reading it when I was, like, 13, I think I was, when I read it. But I had no framework for what, like, a healthy relationship looked like because I hadn't really got into, like, TV shows or books about Mm -hmm. romance before. And so when he, like, watches her sleep or he stalks her um, and follows her around to make sure she's safe, in quote marks, I was like, that is so romantic. And now I'm like, that's so fucking wrong. Yeah. But... I didn't have that framework at the time. And I also don't think that that is Lizzie and Darcy. I don't think... Yeah, not at all. They have that dynamic at all. No, I agree. I think he does protect her in the sense of, like, he helps Lydia out of the situation she's in. But 
I don't feel that Darcy ever crosses boundaries into like her privacy or anything no, that I would all. be uncomfortable with. Um, so that, yeah, I guess just we're not like Twilight haters in the sense that we want to like rip on something that young girls have enjoyed. But I do genuinely think it's not a very high quality story. <laughs> and it also does have genuine problems in it. Yeah. It definitely does. But also I really fucking hate when he says that she's his own personal brand of heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when he says, so the lion fell in love with the lamb. <laughs> I mean, like, who says these things? Just because he's 108 years old, that's you know, not an excuse. You know who says these things? Lucas Scott. Oh my he God. would say that. <laughs> Is this a One Tree Hill podcast now? <laughs> Lucas Scott, even if he was a vampire, would not say, and so the lion fell in love with the lamb. To you have not girl. seen enough of One Tree Hill if you think Luke I've Scott seen like would five seasons of One Tree Hill. You have not seen five seasons of it. I think that Spike from Buffy would say that to Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate myself for thinking that. I don't think he would. Well, actually, maybe he would. He was a poet. Come on. Oh, that's true. Oh, man. This is a oh, multi fandom podcast. Now. Yeah. You know what? We watch too much TV. What can I say? We do. We've gone a bit loopy on all the different TV we've watched today, so that's probably not helped. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> I've also been watching The Vampire Diaries today. So. Listen, we'll get to that when we do our vampire episode. <laughs> which is coming. Oh, God. Uh, I made a note about five minutes into the film, which I would now like to retract, which was, as an indie film, I feel like it's not awful. <laughs> because it like deceives you at the beginning you're like it could just be kind of like a weird alternative fantasy film maybe something that like a bunch of students made and then as you watch it you're like the dialogue is too poor to maintain even yeah. that level of credibility yeah. i remember when i first started to watch it so i already told you this but the very first time i watched twilight i was not living in this country so i couldn't go see in the cinema um, our computer was broken, so I couldn't stream it on that. So I borrowed my brother's PlayStation and streamed it on the PlayStation. Incredible. And watched it in possibly the lowest quality I have ever watched anything. And I thought I'd found the wrong movie for like the first 20 seconds because there's just a fucking deer in a forest. And yeah. I was like, what is going on? And then I realized it was Twilight and I was like, how is this happening? I'm so confused. I remember that my friend, my best friend at the time, it was her 14th birthday and Twilight had only been out for like a month, but I somehow found like a stream, like a rip of it on Pirate Bay or something. And I downloaded it and it had like weird hard-coded subtitles on it, but we uh, projected it onto this big screen in her house and me and her and like a whole bunch of her friends watched it for her birthday and we all dressed as Twilight characters. <laughs> and I was like... I had to, like, bring the goods, like, bring this illegally downloaded film to her party um, because I was, like, the tech support, I guess. But, yeah, I just remember watching it in that way and being like, this is the greatest film I have ever seen. <laughs> and I was wrong. No, I did not feel that way. 
No, but you are someone who is quite critical of film adaptations, which maybe is something that we should have talked about by now on this podcast. But you are a really big Harry Potter fan, and yet you don't like the Harry Potter films particularly. No, I really hate the Harry Potter films. Yeah, and you. when I say you're a big Harry Potter fan, I don't just mean like in the way that almost every British person is a Harry Potter fan. I mean like Eleanor is like quite a big Harry Potter fan. Yeah, I am. Um, Yeah, Jess and I... Jess being your girlfriend. Yes, Jess being my girlfriend. We mistakenly on her part watched a Harry Potter movie over Christmas and this recent Christmas yes which this one? recent Christmas which film we watched the fourth one not the best one oh it's a good one actually we watched fair. it because um I'd seen the first one recently yeah and Jess didn't want to watch the second one I can't remember why we watched the fourth one anyway um Jess watched it because she wanted to watch it because like she anticipated you know, my hate of it to be similar to her hate of it, where her hate of it is, like, she's snarky and, like, makes jokes about the movie. But my hate is, like, I've only seen these films, like, twice, pretty much. Like, I've seen the first couple films quite a few times. But after that, I've seen them either once or twice. And my hatred of them, like, I cannot just get past how much they don't keep to the book. And like how much you cannot understand unless you've read the books so i'm like super critical of it and like every five seconds i was like oh my god why is this happening why have they done this why did they cut that what is happening and i don't think jess has ever been so close to breaking up with me oh my god (laughs) i do feel that because i was someone who growing up did not read the harry potter books um i was never like given them and didn't I just didn't read them. So I would watch the films every time they came out and would always be like, what's going to happen? Because I hadn't read them. Yeah. And then when I did actually go back and read all the books when I was a teenager once, I think all of the films had come out by the time I read the books. I was like, I did not understand so many of these things (laughs) that were happening. Like, basically anything that happened in the fifth and sixth films... I had no idea what was going on in those two films. It's just not explained. It's not. And when I read the books, I was like, this all makes sense. There's so much more world building here. But the films, I was like, completely lost. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I find that the first two films are the only bearable ones. And only just. I remember I went to go see the first film with my best friend. And I came home. And my dad was like, how was the film? And I was, how old were we when? Harry, the Harry Potter films the, came out. The first one came out, like, I don't know, 2001 or something? Yeah. So I was seven years old. Yeah. And I get home, my dad's like, so how was the film? And I was like, it was okay, but they missed out these three very significant parts of the film and spent an hour talking about how they'd missed out really important factors of the film. And I was so upset. And my dad was like, Okay. <laughs> I feel like that speaks so... more to your character than to, like, a normal child's character. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> what I was trying to explain, but this is how I feel about everything I watch. And I've, yeah. I I have since tried to, like, separate film from original, but with Harry Potter I just can't do it, because it literally doesn't make sense unless you read the books. I tried reading the books to my little brother once, and... Every time there was a difference between the film and the book, because he'd seen the films, he would just be like, that's not what happened in the film. And I'd be like, this is the original. (laughs) I feel like your hatred of the Harry Potter films is like my hatred of Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life. 
Yeah, probably. Because Which I didn't even make it through. <laughs> I feel... Exactly. But it's like, I feel like it's so bad that it, like, even taints my enjoyment of the original sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and I don't recommend anyone ever watch it or even think yeah. about the fact that it exists. But it's... it's I feel like it's definitely similar in that, like, I feel that the films are a betrayal to the Harry Potter books. Yeah, whereas the books to me are, are not that, like, close to my heart because I watched the films and I was like, I enjoy these. And then the books were like, oh, this is better. But, like, I didn't feel that emotion that you feel yeah. for it. I've I've only seen the last film once, the one time I watched it in the cinema. And wow. <laughs> I'm, that was I've just been ago. banned by everyone to watch it because everyone's seen like half of a Harry Potter film with me and then been like, never again. I mean, I enjoy the, I think it's the seventh one and not the last one where Harry and Hermione have that dance <laughs> because I like Harry and Hermione together, but this is not a safe space to admit that. <laughs> no, it's not because Eleanor is really hostile towards it, which I don't understand. <laughs> But fine. It's just a terrible combination. It's not, though. It's not. Your problem is not that they're a terrible combination. Your problem is that you want Ron and Hermione to be together. But if if that wasn't on the table, you wouldn't think that Harry and Hermione was a bad combination. You just would... You wouldn't... It's just that you like Ron and Hermione so much. That's your problem. I feel like I'm not even, like, that... I'm not, like, particularly into Ron and Hermione. They're just... Better than Harry and Hermione. I disagree. I feel like they <laughs> represent the typical, like... They're like Lizzie and Darcy. They have that, like, weird, like, fake hate for each other. Which I find <laughs> is so common in straight couples. That I'm like, I'm over it. Just have a genuine loving relationship. Like Harry and Hermione do. Like brother and sister. No! What? <laughs> it's not like a genuine loving relationship is only something you can no, have with a sibling. No, but I'm saying Harry and Hermione's relationship is like a brother and sister. But You could say that about I any digress. best friendship. Being like siblings, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that best friends can't become more. Yeah, you're not wrong because Ron and Hermione are also best friends who become more. Exactly. But and Harry they also and the- fight like brother and sister. They nag <laughs> like nag at each other. They don't fight like brothers. I don't fight with my brothers like. Well, that. listen. Okay. I'm fucking. This has gone so far off Twilight. Yeah, and Ron it and has. But we, I did bring in Lizzie <laughs> and Darcy did. for a minute there. I did reel it back a little bit. <laughs> anyway. Harry and Hermione are basically canon. So, They're moving on. They're absolutely not canon. I feel like I was about to bring even another more fandom into this, and I've kind of forgotten what it was. Oh. Uh, but maybe that is a sign that we should be reeling it back. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of Harry Potter, we need to watch The Social Network. <laughs> because you said you've only seen it once. Why yeah. did I think of The Social Network? I have no idea. Because Andrew Garfield is always being fan cast as a marauder. That's why. Yeah, that he's was always fan cast as head. Remus. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Uh-huh. He's too old now for that, though. Yeah, he was always too old for it. Oh, well, yeah, but he's now <laughs> definitely too old for it. Anyway, I think we can take about 1,000 steps back yes. to Twilight. Um, you know what other fandom we could talk about in this, though? What's that? The Hunger Games. Okay. Because bring that I feel in. like Peter and Katniss are a better representation of like a Darcy and Lizzie relationship than Edward and Bella are. Yeah. And then who is um Wickham? No, Gail. Who's Gail? Wickham? <laughs> but obviously not a not bad. Right. Because I was gonna say of- I was gonna say that 
I can actually see like the same Twilight love triangle pattern in Hunger Games, which yeah. I'm sure like a million people have said, obviously. Yeah, definitely. But like Gale is obviously the Jacob. Yeah. Um, and we did say that he's Charlotte. So. <laughs> Maybe Gale is Charlotte because he's the childhood best friend. Wow. Yeah. You know what? The real love triangle is Charlotte, Lizzie, Darcy. Yeah, We've I think it really is. really cracked this open. Lizzie's bisexual <laughs> and so is Bella Swan and so is Katniss Everdeen. I think I think that's it. I think we figured it out pretty much. Um, I mean, why did you bring the Hunger Games into it? Because I was just thinking about other, just possible representations of Lizzie and yeah. Darcy. You said you were going to bring another fandom into right. it, so my first thought was the Hunger Games because I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't thinking of the social network as being, like, Pride and Prejudice. Okay. <laughs> Although, no, I'm not going to take it there. <laughs> Let's not bring that in. Bring back, like, a 2010 fandom into this. Um, okay, I only have three more notes on Twilight because eventually I was just like, this is so painful, I can't make okay. more notes on it. Okay, One was, there are Native American actors in it, which is good. That is good. It's more representative than some adaptations of Pride and Prejudice. That's very true. Although, who does the, like... Quailute tribe represent in terms of Pride and Prejudice. I don't think it's is that it parallel. the Lucas family. Is it? I have no idea. Is it the De Burgs? Because <laughs> um, they have got a history with Edward. That's true. Maybe we're making strides here. <laughs> uh, next of all, I said the film is really blue. It's very it blue. Is, yeah. Um, everyone is extremely pale. Which maybe is a an Austin Times thing. I don't know. People were fucking pale. They had like I don't know. They were wearing lead on their faces. Probably like two hundred years before that. <laughs> um, and then the last thing, which I do think is really weird, is uh, the fact that the Cullens all pose as like a foster family. Yeah. And yet they're all coupled off. Yeah. And I was thinking like. I guess in Austen novels, often people marry, like, their cousins and stuff. Like, it's a reach, but yeah. there is, like, that weird sense of, like, there are weird family structures in it. I don't really know how they get away with, like, I would have thought someone at the school would flag up the fact that they're a foster family and the kids in yeah, the family definitely. are having sexual you know relationships. What? Alice is Jane. Yes, you are correct. Because she's so nice. Yeah, she's very and nice. And I guess Rosalie is um, Caroline. Yeah? Yeah, Because she's a bitch to Bella. That is true. I was going to say she could be Lydia, but she's not silly enough to no. be Lydia. Jess is Lydia. Right. Yeah, and then her other friend with the glasses is Kitty. Kitty. There's no Mary. We've cracked it. If Bella's anything, the Mary. Bella's Mary. Bella's <laughs> Mary of the story. <laughs> Lizzie is like Rosalie. <laughs> Lizzie is Edward's Oh no, mom. she is actually Caroline because she wanted to get with Edward, didn't she? Yeah. We've cracked it. That's, We've really cracked it. That's it. This was investigative podcasting at its best. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't have much else to say about Twilight. Like, we all have spoken about Twilight for all of our lives on forums and on yeah. Tumblr and, you know, in hallways. I feel like there's not much more you can say about Twilight. This was just our little bit about a Pride, it as a Pride and Prejudice adaptation. Yeah, which is that I don't think it really is one. No. Uh, we can stretch it to try and fit characters in, but... 
On the other hand, just to touch on it, as this isn't Pride and Prejudice related, the second story, New Moon, is supposed to be based on Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. Wuthering Heights is the other one that one of the stories is based on, but yeah, I don't remember which. I don't remember. Is it Eclipse? I don't know. But yeah, it's based on Romeo and Juliet, and that one is a lot more clearly like replicating you, the yeah. themes of the story. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, I think that's a fair representation, but I think Pride and Prejudice, maybe the drawing of the connection there was more just to entice I feel like Girls who were someone like read an early version of Twilight and was like, "Oh, it's kind of Pride and Prejudice." So mm-hmm. Stephanie Mayer was like, "Yes, yes, it is." Yeah, I mean, you can really almost anything you can say is a bit yeah. Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. This one. Oh my I... god! You know what? Edward's Mary. He bloody loves to play the piano. Oh god! Edward <laughs> is such a Mary. Imagine him screeching at a party. He's actually good at the piano, though. That's the difference. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, I mean, that's our full take yeah. on Twilight. That's I mean, it. we will, as we mentioned earlier, be doing another vampire episode, which you'll get more details about, and will be genuinely about Pride and Prejudice. And maybe Twilight will get a mention in yeah. that as well. It might do just in the comparison with the book. We don't know. We haven't read it yet. We have not. But trust us, there is a lot of crossover between Pride and Prejudice fans. And fans of vampire romance fiction. Unsurprisingly. Not surprised. Unsurprising. Yeah. Dark and brooding. A lot about the, like, forbidden love. Yeah. So thanks for listening to this, what is essentially like a bonus episode, I guess. Yeah. I, I wouldn't call this a full episode. This but is not a full episode. It was more a, an exploration of our many various fandoms that we enjoy. <laughs> and that we could have drawn in a million more if we continued talking. We really could have, but I don't think we should. I don't think we should. Uh, as usual, you can find us on Twitter at The Bennett Edit, on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Bennett Edit. Uh, you can email us at thebennettedit at gmail.com. And also, you can leave us an iTunes review. I mean, we have one very good review <laughs> uh, and we would appreciate more reviews if you would like it It doesn't take that long but it does bring us many hours of joy yes so. and it helps other people find us as well if you review and rate thanks for listening everyone yeah bye bye, bye.